yeah, there was there were a lot of people that reached out in, in good faith as well and right. and kindness. For the most part, it's been incredibly positive responses. Why are we going through these machinations about this young woman? She should have her bottom smacked. Adelaide's most recognisable radio presenter, Jeremy Cordeaux, has been sacked by 5AA. It's the advice I give to my own daughter. Do not go out and get drunk. Do not put yourself in harm's way. Be on guard all the time. Don't be a silly little girl. Welcome to a new episode of Would an Idiot Do This? As per the sting you just heard, Adelaide radio host and sexist grandpa Jeremy Cordo fell to the consequence culture by playing stupid games and winning stupid prizes. It's been a pretty big week since the I'm With Her episode. The episode has had incredible reach and I want to once again thank Amelia, Katie and Eloise for their contributions. While these conversations are a start, there is so much more work to be done here in Australia. 12 million people per year report experiencing rape, violence or stalking by an intimate partner. Domestic violence affects men and women. However, women are the victim in 76% of these cases, according to the Department of Justice. In July, a survey by the Australian Institute of Criminology revealed almost 10% of Australian women in a relationship experienced domestic violence during the coronavirus crisis. Two-thirds of these women said the attack started or became worse during the pandemic. These stats are incredibly sobering. Without doubt, the story that evoked the largest response was that of Amelia. So in this special episode, we bring her back on the mic to discuss the fallout of sharing her story from friends and family reaction to the feeling of empowerment and ownership it has given her and some of the discussions she's had in the week since. Thank you so much for listening to the pod and I hope you enjoy this interview with Amelia. Amelia, we're here. Let's let's rock and roll. We'll just hit the ground running and whatever yeah. pops up, pops up. Listening back to yourself, what were your thoughts? When you um, put the link up, I was like, oh, I'll listen to it on the way out to site. And I was mm-hmm. heading out to about an hour away. And then like all morning, I was like, oh, it'll probably be like a five to ten minute segment. And I was like, mm-hmm. I wonder how Nate's going to put this together or or, you know, compile it. And I was curious to see what bits made the cut and what didn't. And then when I realised I was on for 30, I was like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, he's got everything, yes, almost. Yeah. Well, I mean, we recorded for, what, 50 minutes, I think, give or take? I think so. I mean, um, my internet connection probably didn't help <laughs> when we were going through what the it. people so don't know. Yeah, a few dropouts, but we got there. But, no, it was was pretty cool to listen to it back like I found I was quite emotional listening to it back the next day and I guess I actually had to listen to it twice because the first time I think I was in like I was a bit critical you know any sound or how I pronounced a word or the language I used I was like gosh could have could have been a bit better and then the second time I listened to it I actually appreciated the full podcast for what it was so I guess that was something I was curious to ask you about. I need, I mean, I know when I interviewed you at the time, you were quite raw and honest. And so what was, what's the feedback been like for you? It was quite strange initially. And when I was putting the link out there and sharing it, I had this moment of, I wonder what 
the feedback is going to be like or how this is going to be received. Right. And more from my family and friends, I knew a lot of people close to me and in proximity of my everyday life were unaware that these things had happened. And I guess in true fashion, people feel like they weren't good enough to hear the story at that particular time or a lot of, you know, questions came in, you know, why didn't you speak to me at that point in time? Why didn't you come to me? I think because they felt they felt disconnected from me because they hadn't gone through that experience with me at the time, you know, or I said, how do you in the moment tell 10 to 15 of, of, of your circle? You don't, you don't want to relive it yourself. You don't want to have to say every coffee date or walking date or so I found the first few days were making sure everybody else that had taken the time to listen to it was okay. And did they have questions or how did they perceive the podcast? And I guess the angle that we took, which was completely raw and open, you know, there there was a lot of upset people. If we can go back to the vulnerability side of it, I mean, I checked in uh, probably too often with you to say, are you happy for me to run this? Do Do you want me to edit anything in particular out? And to your credit, you just let it roll. So, had you considered that? Were you surprised by it? I, to be honest, I hadn't considered uh, my friends and family in this process at all. I felt because I was talking with you and you were, you are my friend, that I felt like I was doing my service, you know. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm telling my story to a friend. So I felt really safe there and didn't feel the need to discuss it with others before it came out. And I got a lot of a lot of people that were around me at that time that saw a change in my behaviour, acknowledged that they saw it and didn't do anything about it. Yeah, there, was, there were a lot of people that reached out in, in good faith as well and, right. and kindness. For the most part, it's been incredibly positive responses and obviously you've shared any commentary that you've received and, Every time I, I get a female reaching out, like my heart would just burst with, with so much love because I thought this is so fantastic. Like we're bringing the sisterhood together from all over the world, from you know, Australia to Canada. I'm like, that's fantastic. This is exactly what we hoped would have happened by putting these stories out there. So, you know, it kind of gave me a confidence of, of someone who would typically be petrified of, anybody's negative thoughts about me. I was like, ugh, it it is what it is and I can handle whatever gets thrown at me from this. I'll move it in a different direction. You did touch briefly last week about a therapist. There could be people listening that this triggered an emotion in a a memory, a reaction. How did using a therapist help you deal with any of these kind of things, If, if, if indeed it did? definitely has assisted me tenfold in dealing with those situations that I went through. For me and for a lot of victims, you go through a situation like that and then you push it to the the furthest space of your mind because you've got 30,000 other things you need to be doing in that moment and you just got to keep moving. 
But what I didn't realize was it was still sitting back there and I hadn't dealt with it and I hadn't acknowledged how awful it was and what type of scarring that did to me in terms of, I guess, my trust of people, my self-worth. And if I can speak openly, a lot of my sexual life was impacted because of what I went through and I just didn't correlate. I didn't realize that that was, you know, a result of what had happened. I found she helped me separate the pre-condition that I had with what happened as my fault. She helped me remove that because I believe as with any victim, you you first person you blame the scenario is yourself, even if it's completely out of your control. So I learned how to separate that and just learn how to deal with each scenario. There's probably a lot of people that listen who have never seen a therapist, who have never gone down that path. So just, I guess, to explain the steps that you took, if there's anyone listening that thinks I should speak to someone about my experiences, I should get this off my chest. In the most basic sense, you go, I need to speak to someone. What was next? So when I addressed that and said I needed to speak to someone, I confided in uh, my sister in my close proximity and just expressed I didn't know what the next step was to be. Can you help me? Can you help facilitate this um, or make sure I'm doing the right thing? So she booked me into our family GP and I went in and I spoke with, it was a male, I went and spoke with him and just said, I am um, struggling with certain mental health at the moment. And if he could put me on a referral plan. So for those that live in Australia, you can do, uh, when it comes to mental health, you can go down two options. Um, One, that it's subsidised. And after meeting with the referred uh, psychologist from my GP, I actually opted to go private. So I, I recall at the time being embarrassed. I do. I, I recall thinking for someone that was so together and always perceived happiness and strength, I was very embarrassed by the fact that I wasn't coping and I didn't want anybody to know and I, Again, here we are, all my friends and family, other than my sister, are going to go, you see a therapist? Like this is new to us as well. But I found it really, really embarrassing. But now so much strength in it. I'm so glad that I took those steps as uncomfortable as what they were. It's put me in a much better position today than I would have been if I chose to just keep knocking it back and, and dealing with it another day. The stories that yourself and the two other girls have shared have obviously hit a nerve and it it's a conversation that people want to hear so the listenership i wanted to share this with you anyway so at the moment it's at 72 percent women 27 percent men so it's a, an exact flip of the afl one the week before <laughs> surprising <laughs> what i take away from that is women need to pay more attention to sport is that <laughs> I know you've had a couple of conversations that were not quite as, uh, let's say, affirming. (laughs) Yes. So I'd say 90% feedback has been fantastic. And uh, it was in the recent days where we reposted some of the audio over the podcast. Yep, the snippet, yep. 
and really just wanted to still gain the traction that this topic requires. I don't think you can just put it out in the world once and walk away and go, I've done my bit. Before we go on, here is the sting of the episode that we put up as the preview. If I could ask for one thing and it comes along with that hashtag, if you are a man and don't recognise in yourself the behaviours that have been described by women when they're sharing their experiences, then don't allow the comments and discussions to offend you. Having the guys as our allies as opposed to being so combative about this topic that is not theirs. This is not their topic to have. It's their topic to understand, support and get on our side of the fence and help us make the changes. So after putting that up on Instagram, I received a response I wasn't prepared for, to be honest. And I received this message and I'd like to read a little bit of it to you if that's okay. So it says, I agree, but also disagree because of some of the things that have been said by others and shared on social media. It comes across as it's creating a divide between men and women again. It's putting men into a spot where if we don't say something about the topic, we are in the same category as men doing the evil acts. First portion of that paragraph I was like okay um, I'm open to it what do we got obviously I've put commentary out there that has offended somebody that is within my circle so tell it tell it to me straight so it then goes on to say any man that does an act of violence against women isn't going to go and tell their mates what they did so that's an unfair thing to say yes Men need to learn and respect boundaries of women. Now, this is where it gets really interesting, Nath, and made me a bit bit uncomfortable again, but not as uncomfortable as I was last week, says, also on the other side, women need to stop being so provocative with what they share. I'm all for you if you're feeling yourself, then share it. But it's been forgotten that with our ancestral DNA, Men are attracted to those provocative photos. It's in our DNA. Maybe if the photos are less provocative, it would help curve what's going on. But at the end of the day, men do need to show a little more self-control. Thoughts? (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) I... I want to point out that person had not listened to the full podcast and what the girls and myself were trying to achieve by sharing our stories. It wasn't a man bashing podcast in the slightest. And what I found ironic is in the voiceover, it's me discussing men becoming our allies. And, you know, I thought it was a really positive movement to then be told if females dress less provocatively, then men will stop assaulting. I went back to the list I wrote of my uh, my experiences and I said on the last podcast, I was in jeans. Like I wasn't out and 
a, a mini skirt or, or, or something or wasn't showing any cleavage or anything that would be deemed provocative. And this happened. So, I, I, yeah, I was very alarmed by these comments received from this person. He then we went on to debate the topic a little bit for what felt like an hour, and I don't think my thumbs have ever typed faster or harder on my poor little iPhone, but it just it really took away from what I felt we were trying to portray. And ironically, in in that moment, I forgot all the positive comments right. we'd received and people saying that we had helped them and made them feel secure and, and comforted to receive this was a bit difficult, bit of a tough pill to swallow, so to speak. To surmise what he said, like it was not all men as a starting point, listening to yep. 40 seconds of audio that said, be on our side and help us. Mm-hmm. So it lacked the context of the full pod, but I thought it actually captured in that 40 seconds the message that all three of you were delivering, which was, hey, look out for these things and and help us. In that moment, I needed a friend like you that can see probably for the first time what it's like to put a story out there, whether it's on a podcast or in a social setting, and to be rebutted with this because that's that happens a lot that that's that happens more often than getting male support so when we were expressing how frustrated we were over the not all men hashtag this is exactly why I said to him several times have you listened to the podcast are you going to listen to the podcast would love to have this chat again once once you've gone the full length, then happy to really chat about it. And his commentary was that he was going to but left me with a nice little blurb that said you can't just go attacking somebody and not expect a rebuttal. Men hear these stories, they clearly, some, think it's in their DNA that this is, unfixable you can't fix men according to this guy and that's just an excuse to I guess condone that behavior and allow it to keep going I wanted to ask you as well like you said last week the reason for doing it was if there's one woman that listens they're not alone in their experience Yes. In retrospect, has any of that changed for you? Have you have you felt empowered by anything different, or even surprised in a in a different way by anything that you've heard come across, or or whatever since? I definitely feel empowered. I it takes so much responsibility for this topic now, and, and putting it out there and talking about it. That anybody who messages me. Oh, sorry, anybody, any of the females that have messaged me to date, I drop everything and I'm there and I'm responding, I'm engaging, I'm hearing their story, you know, and validating for them that what they went through isn't okay. And I've had, I'd, I'd say probably 30 to 40 stories from other people that I know that I never knew that went through the, these scenarios. So I'm absolutely blown away by 
the feeling I have inside because I go, well, I don't want to stop here. I feel like a fire in my belly to keep talking about this and no longer about me. You know, I've, I've done my bit. I think, yeah, it has been the biggest blessing out of this, Nath, because I said to you in that episode, and I can't recall if it made the cut, but that I hadn't asked people around me their stories before because it's not commonly spoken about. And to have very close friends reach out and confide and say, you know, the same time you were going through that in that year, I was going through something similar and it just bonds you a little bit more. And even for the females, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I've just gained a lot of new friends and a beautiful network where it's just nothing but respect, honestly. In terms of those people that were a little taken aback, even in spite of that initial reaction thereafter, the conversations were much more productive and you were able to have more real conversations with your friends about their experiences or did it not really get to that place? With some, yes, absolutely. I felt like it opened the door for really open communication and not only about this topic but many others. And then in others I found a lot of discomfort in them having somebody so close to them share this type of information and it almost felt it has almost felt like with a few that I've been a mirror to them that they weren't ready to face or right. yeah. Yeah. or work through and I recall at the time going through what I went through and having this feeling that anybody at any point will be able to read it on me and and know exactly what happened. And I was very insecure of that. I overcompensated with, you know, social media posts and personality and all of that stuff, right, because I didn't want anybody to cotton on. You said to me, there's people around you that noticed behavioural changes or retrospectively do you wish they'd asked you a question um, and and if you noticed it in someone else and or you there's someone listening that's noticed that in someone else what do you suggest they should do this is a tough one to answer because at the time i don't think i would have been giving an honest answer every smoke and mirror out there that For me at the time, that was a coping mechanism because I wasn't ready to address it, talk about it, or even acknowledge that it happened. I was in denial for quite some time, Nath, about it. Yeah, I don't know. To answer your question, if somebody asked me at the time, I wouldn't have been honest. However, if I identify similar characteristics in one of my close friends, I would take a soft approach in bringing the conversation up and almost deep diving around a topic and seeing if they'll confide in you. Most females do like to talk and share share experiences, you know, and, for example, if I spoke to a, a close girlfriend and just mentioned this this client project manager and mentioned the, the type of 
work relationship that, that we had and it was abnormal to to them or if I was hearing that I would start to pick up on something like that and ask a little bit more and and see where that goes but it's like I said before it's everybody's private journey too so I'm mindful of that you know for for your female listeners share your story with friends family strangers whatever makes you, you comfortable want. right Correct. And if if you want to find me through Nath for somebody to talk to and confide in, I, I would be honoured to be that person. And more importantly, just I want the listeners to know that they're not alone and this battle is unfortunately just beginning, but there's a lot of us standing on the same side and I'm a lot more optimistic this week than I was last. So have you got anything... Anything that you've learned in the past week that you that you didn't know about? Yeah, I don't know. I think I told you this. So I have, and I'm sure in your own right, have had a lot of messages saying, oh, my God, that made me really reflect. It made me really realise that there's times that I have been subject to these things and it was just quite confronting, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's probably what I learned is that that even if someone tells you they don't have a story, they probably they probably have a story. It's tough being a female at the moment. It's definitely I said last time it's a battlefield, and that's an understatement. I think I've been uncomfortable so many times at the hands of somebody else, and if I can use my voice and be a positive change, however that may be, how how big or how small. I'm going to do it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the pod. Some useful websites you can visit are ruok.org.au, beyondblue.org.au, and for domestic violence, whiteribbon.org.au. By Googling any of these sites, you can find their number and speak to someone anonymously. That concludes this episode of the Wooden Idiot Do This podcast. Before I go, if you like what you've heard, please subscribe and rate the pod. It all really helps. Five stars, of course. Tell your friends, tell your enemies that they can find the latest pods by simply searching... Would an idiot do this in Apple Podcasts or Spotify? You can also follow me on the Twitter at NSAGS1 or on Insta under the Would an Idiot Do This podcast. You can also read my profound blogs at wouldanidiotdothis.com. Au revoir, my friends. And always remember, before you do something, stop and think. Would an idiot do this? And if they would, do not do that thing. <laughs>